All right, well, let's jump in. Um, I want to, I felt like the Lord wanted me to uh, just ask a quick question before I jump into the message, and that is this. Um, uh, Ten days ago, um, we started a fast and consecration for Lent, um, and I know many of you have joined us on this. And so uh, I really felt the Lord as I was just praying about this. Well, first off, number one, it's not too late to join. We still have four weeks. We're going to do this until uh, Palm Sunday weekend. And so uh, you can join us at any time. You can sign up, shinechurch.life slash fast, if you want to receive the encouraging texts and emails that we're sending out. Um, so please join us if you haven't already. If you uh, didn't get to listen to the message, Joshua gave an incredible message two weekends ago about the idea of fasting and consecrating things to the Lord uh, for Lent. And so if you didn't get to hear that, go online and listen to that. Um, but I wanted to just real quick ask a question about the process that you're going through. And here's, here's the tension. I know the Word of God says that we are not supposed to communicate and share what we're doing in regards to our fast, and yet there's some testimonies uh, of different things that I know people are experiencing, and we had some last night. And so if you're comfortable and feel okay in sharing, um, I would love to hear, uh, number one, how, how are you doing? Um, is there any struggles that you're facing? Is there anything that you see God doing in the midst of the fast and the consecration? Or, consecration? Um, or is there anything, maybe even just in, um, in our city or even in our country that you're seeing that you feel like that you would like to share that you feel like God is doing? And so I've got a couple mic runners. If you're new to Shine Church, uh, we're very interactive. We pass microphones around. Um, and so here's the question. Um, what do you see God doing? And, and, or maybe is there a struggle that you're facing or a, a victory that you're going through? Real quick for me, and again, just for testimony, sake, uh, one of the things, I'm doing actually several things throughout the Lent, uh, but one of the things that uh, felt like the Lord told me to fast uh, was caffeine, which if you know me, this is a big deal because it means I haven't had a Mountain Dew in over a week and a half. And I think I've had a Mountain Dew every day of my life since I was 13. Now, why do I tell you that? Because I was preparing for a major headache at some point. And I am over 10 days into this, and I have not had a single headache. And I'm just telling you, I told Kim last night, I was like, I feel like this is the grace of God because I've tried to not drink Mountain Dew other times, and uh, it only lasts about six hours. <laughs> um, so it's just cool things like that. I think God gives us the grace to be able to you know, do things like this. So uh, somebody else. And remember, uh, please just state your name real quick before you share. Uh, my name's Debbie, and God's having me fast wine and worry, um, which it's been very interesting because just this week, I work part-time in a friend's insurance office because I owned my own for 20 years, but the stress was just affecting my health, so I sold it. And both Wednesday when I worked and Friday when I worked, let's just say the people were challenging. Um, and all I could think of is, oh, my gosh, I wish I wasn't fasting because I could really use a glass of wine tonight. To just <laughs> And during my prayer time this weekend, God kind of told me, you need to come to me and pray during those times. And honestly, I just had never even thought of that, of asking him for the help to not want to punch this person in the throat, um, <laughs> even though they were on the phone, so I couldn't, but... Um, yeah, it, it just, it, it was kind of one of those eye-openers of, oh, yeah, I, I guess I could stop instead of being mad at this person and oh, ask you to really help good. me because I can't punch them in the throat. Thank you very much. And you'll have to ask her privately which one's been more difficult, the wine or the worry. The worry, uh, the worry she said, okay. Somebody else. Right over here, and then somebody up here. Justin, if you want to run up to the front here. My name is Melanie. I really was prepared that the Lord was going to tell me to fast the wine, but that didn't happen. But what I realized is that he called me to fast something that was even more difficult. I had to take uh, solitaire off my phone. <laughs> That's been very difficult for me because what I realized is that it had become a very bad habit and I was wasting a lot, a lot of time. So every time I have that desire uh, for solitaire to just kind of 
take the load off and, you know, clear my mind, um, I asked the Lord for something to pray. And so I've been praying for a lot of things that I don't normally pray for. And so, yeah. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. That's amazing. It's good. I had somebody tell me last night that very similar. They they, uh, felt like they were supposed to concentrate the games they were playing on the phone. And so they filled it with a bunch of Bible apps. And so they're like, oh, every time I w- wanted to go play, I just, I read either a devotion from a Bible app or I read, so I thought, oh, that was, that was good. That was really good. Hi, I'm Jasmine. I guess mine's pretty similar because to me it was social media. And I thought that maybe it was just good because there's a lot of negative and like mustering up things that aren't necessary and it's not productive. So I erased all of the social media apps. And I guess to me, it's been good because it's showing me that I, like, I have the willpower to not do something that I find is not important. And so if I need to call on God, then I have the strength within me to rely on that and cut out the bad things and go towards the good things. And it just shows how strong you can be. Because every day I want to like open my phone in the morning and I'm like, don't do that. And so if I can keep going, then there's a lot more I can accomplish. That's really good. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. That's good. Um, Anybody else? Okay, thanks for sharing. And once again, um, you know, two things. If you haven't joined in already, man, please do. Again, we still have four, uh, four weeks to go uh, through the Lent season. I'd love to have you join us. And also, just remember this. Uh, what Joshua taught, and I am a firm believer in, and that is this. Um, we're doing the, this fast, this consecration, not so that we can get something from God. We're doing it so that we can draw closer to him. Um, and that's really the heart and the hope. And, um, and I think people, uh, at least the testimonies I'm hearing and the private things that people have said, that's exactly what's happening. People are feeling like they're being drawn closer to the Lord. And that's, that's really the heart of this whole thing. And so I want to encourage you, um, keep going. Keep going. And I know it's a struggle. I know the things that, that I've given up. I, I told Kim a couple days ago, I said, man, I'm really longing for some of this stuff. Um, and the Lord is just using it, though, for me to push into him. Um, and really, that's, that's the whole goal of this. So, hey, um, we uh, began the 2023 year with the heart of come with me. We really felt as a teaching team that the Lord was calling us to go with him to follow him, to, to walk with him. Um, and so we started the first couple months with uh, just a series of messages about preparing the heart. So if Jesus is, is asking us to come with him, um, we have to have our heart in the right place, yes? Okay, so that's kind of what, we, what we've been talking about. We are making a transition this weekend, moving away from preparing the heart to actually more of a focus on following the call. Okay, following the call. Ephesians 4.1 says this, as a prisoner uh, in the Lord, then I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received. So um, one of the things that you'll see throughout the word of God, especially in the New Testament, as Paul is writing, as John and Peter and different authors are writing, one of the things they, they strongly um, emphasize is the fact that we are called by God. Amen? And that we are supposed to walk in that call and that we are supposed to operate in the giftings and the things, the purpose and plans that God has for each and every one of us. And if you're here this morning, I want to tell you, you are not here by accident. You are here because God has placed you on this earth for this time for right now. He sees you, he knows you, and he wants you to know that he has a purpose and a plan for your life. Um, And so it's going to be really important, these next messages in regards to following the call that God has placed us. How do we know what the call is? How do we walk in that? How do we hear God's voice? Just different things like that. But before we even go there, I think there's one message that needs to be given that has to be laid as the foundation before we can walk in or follow our calling. And that was the invitation that Jesus gave to the disciples, but I think it goes beyond the disciples, and that invitation was this. Come, follow me. Come, follow me. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and Jesus, I thank you that you walked and talked on this planet, that you, um, that you just showed us how to love, that you showed us uh, the way to interact Interact with 
the Father, how to have that relationship. God, I thank you that you showed us different things like prayer and how to operate in our giftings. And uh, Lord, uh, I just want to thank you for all of those things. But most importantly, Lord, I truly believe with all of my heart that the most important thing that you showed us was how to follow you. And God, you set the model through the disciples that I believe you want each and every one of us to follow. And so, Lord, I pray that right now that you would take over this morning's service, that you would just take it over, that I uh, would speak the words that you would want me to speak, that as I ask questions and we interact with one another, that, Lord, that you would give people the, the boldness and the courage to speak out what you're showing them, what you're telling them. And, Lord, we pray that through these interactions and through this message that you would change our hearts and that you would change our lives. And, Lord, we give you this time, and we thank you for it. And if that's your prayer, say amen. Amen. All right. So, um, like I said, um, we are interactive, and um, it, it's interesting because I, I came into this weekend a little bit nervous. Um, last night, it went, it went well, so I'm, I'm hoping that you, you know, do better than last night. Uh, but I came to last night with a little apprehension because um, a lot of times when I put a message together, it, it comes together where you kind of have that nice three points and a poem at the end, and it, you know, it's really, it's really beautifully put together. Um, and I kept asking the Lord, uh, what are the points? And he kept saying, no. I, I just didn't give me anything. And uh, all the way up until yesterday afternoon, are you sure, Lord? Is there a certain way you want me to put, I, I've done a lot of study for this message, and I just felt like he said, no, um, I want you to interact with uh, the family, and as they interact, I want you to use what you've studied to pull out the insight that I have for you. And so, if you're following along with the notes, um, I'm going to be jumping around, and you may have to find where it is on the notes based on uh, the different uh, things that you guys say in the midst of this interaction, okay? And so, here we go. Um, follow me. I believe it's the invitation that Jesus gave to the disciples um, is one of the very first things that he, we see he does as he enters into his ministry. Um, and he goes to the disciples and simply says, come, follow me. And as he does that, the disciples go and they begin to walk with him. But here's what I want to ask you. Um, I want to ask you this question. When I say that Jesus is inviting us to follow him, what comes to mind? What are your thoughts? What are the immediate ideas? Maybe there's apprehension. Maybe there's an excitement. What comes to mind when I tell you, church, Jesus didn't only ask the disciples to follow him, but he's asking each and every one of us to follow him. Would you agree? Okay, about half the room. Would you agree? Okay, so if Jesus is saying, follow me, what does that incite in your thoughts? So I'm going to ask the microphone to run. Just lift your hand right there. I think the first time he said that is, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Okay. So I'm thinking about, and I like to fish. So I started thinking about, what do you do to catch a fish? You got to have some attractive lures, presentation, okay. place, timing, time of day, and you know, a mental attitude where it's going to be fun if you don't catch anything, right? I love it. So a fishing analogy or metaphor. Okay, so a little bit of excitement since you like to fish, yeah? Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, this could be really good. I love that. Uh, Matthew 4.18, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And I love that that's one of the things that you think about when, when I present the idea of following Jesus or his invitation to follow him, um, that, that that fishing analogy pops into your head. I love that because the truth is, um, church, every one of us is called to be fishers of men. And I don't want to show of hands and you don't even have to react to this, but how are you doing? How are you doing? Because that can be a little convicting to me, to be quite honest with you, because I get stuck in my day-to-day duties and, and responsibilities, and I find myself having weeks and weeks go by, and I haven't talked even to a single unbeliever, much less fish, right? Going out and fished for them, right? And so just maybe let the Holy Spirit kind of um, 
stir something in your heart in regards to that. By the way, as we go through today, it's going to be one of those where we're just going to pop little nuggets of truth. Um, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit to just, you know, empower us to receive one, two, three different things that we can walk away and go, oh, and maybe this is one. I need to be a fisher of men. Amen? Okay. Somebody else? Back there. I was just thinking about the word follow, and I was thinking about that phrase, and I was just thinking, it's ironic because I think he says, follow me, but in a lot of means, he means replicate my actions and be like me to others. He's not talking about always just do, you know, looking at him. He's saying, looking at, look at me and do what I do. And so, in a way, the word follow really means do what I do to others and love others the way I love you. So good. All right, you guys are you're better than last night already. Just, I mean, just <laughs> I, don't tell anybody from last night that. But, uh, boy, that's so, so good. That, and, and I'm going to teach you something here in a little bit that's going to totally um, agree come in line with what you were saying there. But I love that. Kind of imita imitate me, right? Imitate me and go with me. Love that. Somebody right up here, Desiree. Oh, sorry. I, I took away you being able to introduce yourself. This is Desiree, everybody. That's okay. Desiree. Yes, I'm Desiree. Um, I, I think of free will. I actually think of him asking the question, follow me? Like, will you marry me? Will you submit to my will? Will you be... Um, will you trust my ways? Will you? And and then I think of like, do I have a full yes in that? Um, I think for me, I've been learning a lot about a full yes. And it actually came to mind this morning when during um, communion, when um, the gentleman was talking about um, how Jesus went to the cross with joy in his heart. The Lord asks for a joyful giver, which means a full yes. It's not just like a half-hearted religious, like, yeah, sure. Like, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do that because it's the good thing to do. Um, rather, it's, sorry, I'm a little nervous. You're fine. You're doing um, great. But just the, the, like, I'm all in. Whatever it takes, whatever it costs, you're worthy. I want to be yours completely. And um, so, yeah, I think for me personally, I think of it mostly as um, a proposal. Like, so will good. you be mine so I can be yours? And we'll do this together as a team in unity going forward. Oh, that is so good. What an incredible picture. Uh, I mean, if you have ever proposed to somebody or been proposed to, um, that was an exciting day in your life, yes? At least for most people should have been. Um, and, and to have that perception, I've never even heard of it that way, but the fact that he's saying, follow me, almost like, you know, will you marry me? Just, man, what, that's super encouraging for me to hear. Nothing in my notes to go to right now, because that is, <laughs> this is why this is so good, because it goes beyond even what God can do through one person. It becomes the synergy of a group. Thank you for sharing that, because that is so rich. And for whoever has ears to hear, um, you know what, when, when Jesus says, come follow me, I, again, it's not, and I'll talk about it in just a minute, it's not out of a demand, but it's out of a love for you. It's out of his great love for you. And um, I hope that that brings a little bit of an excitement to you because um, what I'm saying is the one who created you, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, is inviting you to have a relationship with him. And that's so cool. Yes, that's a good place for an amen, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just so good. Um, yeah. All right, somebody else. Yes. Uh, Kyler, hi, everyone. Um, for me, uh, when I hear Jesus say, come follow me, I immediately react with excitement of like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. I'm in. Let's do it. But then because I'm such a person who's up here in my head, I'm like, okay, where are we going? And Jesus is just like, all right, take that step. I'm like, okay, cool. Where are we going? What's, what's the end goal? Where, where are we going? And he's like, okay, now I want you to sit there for four years. I'm like, what? <laughs> where am I going? What's the, where, what, what path am I going on? But I'm so in my head that I'm not listening to, oh, sometimes you need to just be there in that place. Or, oh, another path has opened up. Just take that one step and then yeah. we'll see what happens next. That's really good. Um, the thought that came to my mind, Kyler, while you were saying that is um, I, one of the things that during this Lent period, um, I had a friend say, you should not only just you know, give something to the Lord, but you should take 
bring something in. Um, and so one of the things that Kim and I are doing is we're watching The Chosen. Now, DJ has been telling me for the longest time that I need to watch The Chosen. He's even showed video clips. And I'm like, I don't know. We watched a couple. Kim fell asleep. I, it would just, um, <laughs> and, uh, and so we decided, hey, okay, so this is what we're going to do. So we're starting to watch it. And it, I know they take some liberties as they kind of, there's not, the story's not written in the Bible on what they did day to day. But as you're saying this, um, one of the things that came to mind that has hit my heart and my, my thinking as I'm watching this is um, they do a really good job of showing what the disciples possibly could have been doing. So the episode last night, Jesus is the first day that he's really just gone all day long healing people. And the disciples are just kind of sitting around. Like they don't have much to do. And I'm thinking of you saying, okay, God shows you the one step, follow me. But then you're like, now what? And uh, the Chosen has done a really good job of showing, um, you know, maybe the difficulties of even the disciples when they were right there with him going, what are we supposed to do today? What are we supposed to do today? And I love the fact that all they did was just sit around the campfire and tell stories. And drink, because sometimes that's what God asks us to do in following him is take the step and then wait for him to speak again. Um, again, for whoever has ears to hear, I think that's just a really good truth. Really good truth. All right. Jesus says, follow me. What comes to mind? Somebody else. A couple here. Oh, boy. All right. Now we're cooking. Um, so my name's Lindsay. Um, what comes to my mind is trying to put my thoughts together. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like the woman at the well when Jesus had his interaction with her. And also in the same vein, uh, the world we live in, it's kind of ironic that a go-to phrase on social media and stuff like that is follow me on mm. <laughs> Instagram or follow me. And never thought of that. That's so it's good. so it leads to such emptiness and and Jesus's invitation to follow him will never lead to emptiness. That's ever. so good. So that's, that's a lot and I have never thought of but you're absolutely right. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Man, the enemy loves to try to steal what God has put together, yes? That's all he's got, church, is he's got deception and um, thievery, right? Jesus says, come follow me, and no wonder we have all these things, follow me, follow me, that have nothing to do with the Lord. That's really good. Awesome. Uh, one came in online from the text interaction line. It says, follow me, lay down your plans for your life, and allow him to lead and direct your plans. Lord, send me. Oh, that's so good. I, I read a quote in an article in preparation, and it says this, we lose what we can't keep to gain what we can't lose. Let me, let me say that again. We lose what we can't keep in order to gain what we can't lose. Um, you know, so much, so much of our life um, in this earthen tent, the 80, 90, 100 years that we have, uh, so much of it is trying to protect and preserve all these things, right? And they're all going to go away. We're going to lose them all. My wife often says it's all going to burn. I, it, it's just going to go away. But yet, if we follow him, we let those things go. And yeah, it, it can be a little painful. I mean, we, I, I like things here on earth. I hope I'm not alone, but I like things here on earth. But if they become the thing I go after more than Jesus, right, I'm going to lose that. And um, man, I don't want to lose um, Jesus in the midst of that. Amen? That's so good. Okay, and Sam, and <clears throat> of course you said that, and then I thought, you know, we always don't quite know exactly what that means. So like, yeah, I went and looked it up what it was in the Greek. Um, Which word? Uh, for follow. Man, are you reading? You're, you're stealing my notes, aren't you? Okay. <laughs> Go but ahead. Steal the, away. The, the key part to me was that it uh, follows in a road to a company, but more precisely to be in the same way with, not to go in the same way with. And that, there's a big difference between being and going with someone. Oh, so good. Oh, that's so good. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Okay, right here, over here, and then right here. Go ahead. So for me, it What's your means name? Christine, um, his daughter, and my mom. And for me, it means to take a stand, whether it means that you're alone or not. So I've been 
dealing with this the last couple of weeks because I have my worldly friends so that I can have somebody to sit with and talk to. Um, and then I have my Christian friends that I talk to every day as we're all starting our own businesses, Christian businesses where we're really seeking after God. And the difference in how I feel on who I talk to, how my day shapes out, what choices I make is so different. And so I really felt God saying, like, go sit alone, you know, instead of engaging with other people that may be gossiping or talking about how, you know, this kid isn't as good as that or my kid's better than this, go sit alone and minister to them. But you don't have to sit with them because the difference in my day when I really engage and talk with the people that are in my group, my boxer group about um, just Christian things and how God is leading them is really where God wants us to be at. So I did. I sat alone and um, it just, it was fine. You know, it was totally fine. So sometimes it, following him means taking a stand, going out of your comfort zone, being uncomfortable, not looking as cool as everybody else who might, you know, and you have somebody back there, <laughs> but you want to do the way that God wants you to do and not engage in gossipness so and things that are going on around you. Well, that's good. Thank you for sharing. I, Bill was here last night and he talked about um, the false self. Um, you know, to follow him means you have to put your false self down. Um, and sometimes getting alone is the only way to really come to that understanding of, um, you know, how Jesus sees you. Um, because we, we live in a world that wants to tell you who you are and give you your identity. And when we get alone, we let G Jesus tell us who we are. Um, so just, that's really good. Really good. I'm Maddie. And the way I see it, it's easy to look at it all from an external perspective to go to do all the things with him but I feel like when he finds you and he says come follow me there's a validation mm. that he saw you so he takes the disciples who are nothings he makes them into someone's and so I think the first piece is that you're validated like you are called you're seen because he didn't need us and he could have done it himself so even beyond all the things that come with following the Lord, your yes is your no's. It's like if you don't know who you are in him, like you're not validated by him, you know, becomes works. Yeah. So, Wait, um, okay, so, um, man, so good, Maddie. As a matter of fact, um, I'd like you to pray. Are you willing to pray mm -hmm. about yeah. something? Okay, so um, I, in a room this size with this many people, I'm willing to bet that some people are thinking, well, he might invite some, but he's not inviting me. He's not asking me to follow him. Um, and I'm going to validate what you just said, and that is, no, Jesus has selected you. Every one of us in this room, he gives this invitation to. And uh, I would like Maddie to pray for anybody that may be struggling with the idea that God's not asking you to follow him. Because he is. He's asking each and every one of us to have that personal walking, talking relationship. And so, Maddie, would you, you getting my heart on that? Uh, would you pray for that? Yeah, Jesus, thank you that you just wanted us. Not because of what we could do mm. or bring or give, but because you loved us. As we talked about in communion, your heart and what was set before you was the joy to just be with us. And Lord, I just pray for all of us to understand that you're a personal God, that we each hold DNA of you that only we can hold, and that you call us the body because it's not complete if we're not all a part of it. And so, Jesus, I just cancel any lies that are coming up, saying that we have to do a certain thing, be a certain way, um, or that you haven't found us, but that you've looked in each of our eyes and there's something in us that you wanted. Um, and any lies that come against it say like, oh, I can't or I'm too messy. Lord, you chose the messiest people. And you, you called us by name and you wanted us to be with you. And I just pray that we would have ears to hear that and open hearts and eyes to see that this is a story for each of us. Thank you, Lord, that you just come and you say to us to come, to be with you, that you see us, you validate us, 
when nobody else can, when the world can't, when the enemy can't. And I just thank you, Jesus, that we were enough because we were yours, mess and all. I pray that you would just speak so clearly, Jesus, to each of us, what that means personally, where you call us from, where you meet us, who you see us as, that identity would rise, Lord. Sons and daughters, that's who you call, and we are yours, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Uh, this is unbelievable. This is so much richer and deeper than anything I could have given to you by just going verse by verse on these things. Um, and thank you for participating in this. And again, if this is your first time, I hope you're enjoying this. this is, none of this is scripted. Um, this is absolutely just the Holy Spirit leading. And thank you, Maddie, for being willing to pray for everybody in that. Oh, love it. Bill. While Maddie was praying, I had a picture of a carriage pulling up in front of my house. And a gentleman getting out, knocking on my door, and handing me a personalized invitation. Huh. And it had my name on it, and I opened it up, and there was another little envelope inside, and my name was on that, except it was just my first name. And I opened that up, and inside was an invitation from Jesus himself. And there was a little seal on the outside, and inside of that, was a little card that said RSVP with a stamped envelope to send it back with my yes. Mm. And it was, it was so personal and intimate. Um, and it was scented. Scented? Yeah. Like a smell? Yeah, like a fragrance. Yeah. Wow. There was a fragrance to it. That's amazing. So, Maddie, really thank cool. you. Yeah. I love that picture because um, from the very first time, like, so what, what did you think of? I was thinking of John 14 where Jesus is actually leaving the disciples. And he's saying that um, if you, whoever believes in me, will do greater works than me. Um, and I, don't, I was trying to figure out, like, why was I thinking about that? But I think part of the reason that that came to my mind is because we have a different experience than the disciples did because we actually haven't walked and talked and touched and like saw Jesus in person right and so for me it was like thinking about that invitation how we receive it versus like Peter you know when he like literally saw him and said come you know it was like this really physical real you know interaction and I think sometimes as believers we don't always see or experience it as real as that and so I think for me, it's, it's like searching my heart and praying about like, Lord, what does it take for me to, to really enter in and to experience you as real as they That's did? So and I think it, it brings me back to like the foundation of where we started with this series of the come with me, which is really, truly entering into that place with him and, and searching and like allowing the, um, the noise of the world to quiet and get into that place where he, you really can see his face. You know that the invitation is given. You can smell his, the scent of the Holy Spirit, you know, really being Ugh. able to like, and then to be able to move out in faith because we, faith is, is that, you know, of things unseen. So for us to be able to truly know that he is as real as That's he good. was to those disciples who That's actually so saw him. Mm, thanks for sharing that little mini message there, Susan. That was really good. <laughs> Love it. Wes. Uh, so this whole follow me thing is really kind of rocking my world here because I've always struggled with the perception of Jesus um, being more demanding than necessarily as, like, loving. And I know that that's not true, but it's been a struggle of mine. And so when I hear the, the thing, follow me, is like, all right, drop everything and, and come follow me. And that, while to some people sounds awesome to me, the security of, like, everything I currently have, to go drop everything and then just go out into the abyss is a little frightening to me. Um, I've never, ever considered this to be an invitation, right? It always felt like a demand. And so, like, this whole, like, what Desiree said with this proposal and an invitation is like just such a cool thought. And so as everyone's talking, I kind of had this thought of 
Like when I came to Christ, I was in a dark, dark place. Um, and so I, like what we've been talking about, it seems odd to me that like we would ever experience what the disciples ever experienced where you're sitting on a boat and he's like, hey, cast your nets over and there's a billion fish, you know? And so like, that just doesn't happen to us um, because we're not in Jesus's time. But then I think about the scripture that says that if you're a shepherd and you lose one sheep, would that shepherd not leave the 99 to go find the one? And that's what Christ did for me. Mm-hmm. And then when he got there, and this is where it's rocking my world, when, I, when he got there, he invited me to follow him back into safety, away from my false security of everything and the freedoms that I thought that I had achieved. And so he's saying, come follow me back into my community of people that are going to be here for you, back into what I already have in place for you. So um, that's, I mean, that's what was coming to my head when everyone was talking. So uh, I just thought it was a really interesting thought that, that, you know, he has invited every single one of us. He has proposed to every single one of us um, if we've accepted him because he's relentlessly pursuing us yes. uh, out into the darkness, uh, really into good. where our filth is and, and bringing us home. <laughs> good. Really good. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing that. And I know there's other people in here that have had that apprehension when I say, come follow me, and that Jesus is giving that invitation, right? That's not how they perceive it. They, they see it as like God wants to take everything away from me or different aspects of that. And so your transparency and your vulnerability in sharing that uh, I think is very, very helpful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, all right. I, I'm loving this, but... Uh, I want to I want to give a teaching, and I know it's already eleven thirty-five. So, um, uh, let me let me do this real quick, and we'll get you out of here. Um, there's two different Greek words in the Bible when Jesus says, "Come, follow me," and I'm not sure that everybody's aware of that. But this was a very interesting study for me that opened my eyes to some of the things that we have been talking about, especially in regards to the invitation. In Matthew 4, which I've already read, about um, Simon and Andrew. When Jesus says, come, follow me, it's the Greek word, dute. And it means to come, come hither. It's an exclamatory word. And it goes on in the description, it says this. It gets the force of an interjection. In other words, when Jesus called Andrew and Peter, he didn't just say, hey, come follow me. He said, hey, come, come follow me. Okay, there was, a, there was a, an emphasis to it. There was an explanatory uh, attitude and language and, and heart to it. He, he kind of, it almost, almost a demand type of thing, kind of what you're, you were initially talking about. That, that's kind of how you, you pictured that. Interesting for you, for the study that I had, nowhere else where Jesus says, come follow me, has that Greek word. And I almost wonder if it's because of who Peter was. <laughs> I'm serious. Peter just kind of needed Jesus to tell him things. I mean, this is the same Peter that Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. This is the same Peter that said, you are the Messiah. On this revelation, I will build my church. I, I mean, this guy was all over the place, right? This is the guy that said, I will never deny you, and then denies him three times. Do you think Jesus knew who he was? And so for him to actually have to say, Hey, with emphasis, I'm telling you to come follow me. Peter needed that. But the other disciples, when you read the other places, the come follow me is a different word. And the word is akaluthio, and it means what you said, and it is I accompany, attend to follow. If you go into it, it's to join as a disciple, become or be his disciple, side with his party, to cleave steadfastly to one, conforming wholly to his example, following what he said, as you said, Adrian, uh, um, in living, and if need be, in dying also. And so it was a much calmer, uh, follow me, come follow me. Come be a part of what I'm doing. Come imitate what I'm doing. Now, here's something super interesting. The other times that Jesus used the dute word, um, the aggressive word, the, the one that has the exclamation point behind it, um, he does use it again. But let me give you the context. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Interesting. Is that not interesting that Jesus would use that word? Come to me. Come with me. Why? So that you can get rest. Another verse, Mark 6, 31. And he said to them, come with me. Again, with the emphasis. And why? Come with me privately to a solitary place and let's rest for a while. It's interesting to me as I was doing this study that the come with me that Jesus uses that has that, that, um, that heightened, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Emphasis to it. Um, it's so that we can go get rest. He's not saying, come to me, follow me. I'm demanding you follow me. No, he's saying, I'm demanding you come get rest with me. Is that good? Another time it's used um, is after Jesus dies and he raises from the dead and Peter is back out fishing, okay? And Peter comes onto the shore and he says, come, same word. And what does he say? Come have breakfast. He says, come have breakfast. He wants to have relationship. He wants to have fellowship. But what he, he's emphatically, okay, church, listen to this. He emphatically wants relationship with you. And he's not demanding that you follow him, but he wants to demand that you understand that if you follow him, you'll get rest, you'll get peace, you'll get a burden that's light, and he just wants to hang out and eat with you, fellowship. Is that good? All right, so now let's look at the second word. All right, the call of Matthew in Luke 5, 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting on the tax booth. Follow me. Not come follow me, but that nice invitation follow me and now think about who Matthew is Matthew is a tax collector he's despised by his own people because he has decided to be a tax collector and Jesus doesn't demand that he follows he invites him to do you see the difference and maybe it's because he knew who Matthew was and so different scriptures um Luke 9, 57 to 62, as they were walking along the road, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Then he said to another man, follow me. The man replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the dead bury their own dead. You, however, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me bid farewell to my family. Then Jesus declared, no one puts his hand to the plow and then looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And so the truth is, there is a cost. Uh, Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What will, you, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? The rich young ruler, I won't go and read it, but you guys, he goes to him and says, hey, what do I need to do to follow you? And he goes, follow the commandments. I've done all of these. And then, depending on what gospel you read, the young man goes, well, what else do I lack? Or in a different um, gospel letter, it says that Jesus said, what you lack? But both stories come together on this and says, um, go sell everything, give to the poor, and follow me. An invitation. And what does the man do? He goes away sad. We all need to wrestle with this idea of the invitation. And yes, Bill, it is an invitation. Wes, it is an invitation. Absolutely, it's a, it's a proposal from God that says, hey, will you come follow me? But it's an invitation unless you're Peter. <laughs> and I love that because some of us in this room are Peters and God will go, follow me. And we'll be like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> and we'll go. But in the most case, in most instances, it all has to do with that invitation and then us having to decide, will I follow? And if you do follow him, he's not promising you safety. He's not promising you a comfortable place to sleep. He's not promising you that all things in this world will be easy, but he is promising that he will give you um, rest, that he will walk with you, that we'll have relationship with you, and that he will be with you no matter what the circumstances. And so when he says, follow me, he's not saying, come follow me into this super easy life. I hope no one's hearing me say that. 
He's asking you to really weigh the cost. Will you weigh the cost in regards to following him? Because here's the deal. We're going to start talking in the coming weeks about things that we're called to. And these are the exciting things because it's the things that resonate in us. It's the reason that we were created. It's the reason that he wired us the way that we were wired. And there is purpose and excitement in walking those things out. But we can't walk in those things until we've chosen to follow him. Church, I wonder if God has turned the power off because many of us are looking back still. Does that make sense? What happened to Lot's wife when she looked back? Pillar of salt, right? What happened to the gentleman who touched the cart? I think, it, what's his name? Yuza? Yuza? Is that right? It, you know, he, he touches the cart when they were moving the presence of God back into to where David wanted it to be, right? He died. Why? Because he wasn't a Levite and he wasn't supposed to be carrying the cart. See, there are certain things that we are supposed to set apart, and the number one thing that I believe we're supposed to set apart is ourselves to the Lord. And when we respond to the call, come follow me, what we're doing is saying, yes, I will follow you, Jesus, and I will set myself apart from this world that I live in. I'm going to be in it, but I'm not going to be of it. I'm going to love it, but I'm going to Graft myself to you and not it. Yes? And that's the call that he's asking us to do. And I will, I will finish with this last verse um, in John 21. It's Jesus has died again. He's rose. He presents. He has breakfasts, breakfast, breakfast with them. Okay? And then he takes Peter aside. And um, I love this because it come, this is written by John, who is the self-professed one Jesus loved, Right? And he even tells on himself that he is following them. Like, what's going on over there, right? And he's, anybody else do that? <laughs> I want to follow what's going on with, uh, I want to know what God's doing with Maddie. So I'm going to follow that. You know, I, it, that's the kind of the picture that I get with this. And so that's where we're picking it up. Jesus is telling Peter how he's going to die. Okay? This is after he said, hey, do you love me? Yes. Feed my sheep, do you love me? You know, three times he denied, three times he was asked if he loved. Then Jesus tells him how he's going to die, and that's where we're picking it up in verse 19. And after he had said this, he told him, follow me. Interesting. Not the command word, but the invitation. Now he's given Peter the invitation. thought that was really interesting. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, he was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper table to ask, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? What about him? And Jesus answered, if I want him to remain until I return, what is that to you? You follow me. Church, I don't think you need me to tell you what is being said here, but just so we're on the same page. We live in a world where we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. And we're constantly comparing, especially inside the church, we're constantly comparing how other people follow Jesus. And then we try to emulate that. And in some cases, that's really, really good. But in the personal level, you have to have your own walk with the Lord and you have to say yes for yourself. You can't say yes because I said yes. You have to say yes because you say yes. And you can't worry about what my relationship with the Lord looks like. You have to worry about what your relationship with the Lord looks like. And you have to have the attitude of what Jesus said here. What is it to you what I'm doing for that person over there? Let's stop getting jealous about somebody else's gifting. Let's stop getting jealous about somebody else when they're following God in a certain way. Let's stop envying that person doing that, yes? I love how he answers it. What is that to you, Peter? You follow me. The emphasis is just don't worry about everybody else around you. You follow me. Church, what would happen in this world if we all actually took this to heart and just followed God for ourselves and just did what he told us to do and walked with him and all the th so many things that you guys said and responded to the invite, as Bill was saying, and returned to RSVP and said, Jesus, I'm yours. I say yes. I say yes fully to your invitation for me to follow you.
And we've already determined that this invitation is for everybody. And so I will finish with this thought. In that article that I was reading, uh, the article is called um, Jesus is Better Than Bourbon. So if you would like a copy of it, uh, send me an email. I'll send it to you. It's really, really good. Um, but this is a quote in that article. There is no room in obedience. Okay, now real quick, obedience. What is obedience? Pastor DJ taught us a while ago that if you look that word up, obedience is to hear from God and then respond. I think a lot of times we try to do obedience without hearing. We do obedience without responding to the follow. It would be like the disciples saying yes to that and then going and doing their own thing. That's not what Jesus said, come follow me. To what you said, hey, just imitate what I'm doing. Listen to what I'm doing, and then you do that, okay? That's, that's obedience, and we have to get this, church. As a matter of fact, God is really stirring this in our staff right now is the importance of obedience because we can't move further in our walk until we receive and walk in obedience to what he's telling us right now. Does that make sense? All right, so here's the quote. There is no room in obedience for Jesus and fill in the blank. <laughs> I read that, and I was like, ooh, I've got a lot of things I could put in there. Anybody else? There's no room for obedience or in obedience for Jesus and fill in the blank. There's only room for Jesus. There's only room for Jesus. So Father God, we come to you right now and we ask that you would help us to respond to the invitation to follow you. God, I pray that every person in here would understand that you are not demanding us to follow you, but that you came to this earth, that you walked on it, you taught on it, you died a gruesome death. You rose from the grave so that we could have this relationship with our Father, so that we can know, each one of us, what it means to follow you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us individually and you would help us to understand what it means to respond to the invitation to follow you. God, put this deep down inside of us before we move on into other messages about the calling and what you've placed in us as a purpose and a plan for our lives. God, help us to fully say yes to you first. And that is my prayer, that everybody listening to me right now would say yes to you. And if you're struggling with that this morning in this room online, God, I pray that you would just make yourself real to these individuals and help them to understand that the yes is the greatest thing they could ever choose to do. And Lord, empower that and help them to understand that you love them and you care for them. And so Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. And everybody said, amen.